It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Tonight at 8, two major debates. Good afternoon. Welcome aboard. Get the popcorn ready. Just two weeks from the midterms and the candidates for governor and U.S. Senate will duke it out on stage this evening in New York and Pennsylvania. We'll start in Pennsylvania, where all eyes are on a prime time debate between Senate candidates John Fetterman and Dr. Mehmet Oz. Dr. Oz has really crept back in the polls and he's right on Fetterman's heels. Political pundit Todd Belt expects a a lot of folks to be watching who otherwise wouldn't due to the health concerns of Fetterman. Right now, the expectations are kind of low for Fetterman, which actually plays to his advantage. Much higher for Oz, who used to have his own TV show and is very comfortable in front of the cameras. Because of a stroke he suffered five months ago, Fetterman will be using closed captioning during tonight's debate, which you can watch on ABC 27. Now to New York, where crime will be a major topic at this evening's gubernatorial debate. Between between Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin, the Republican Zeldin accuses the incumbent Hochul of only recently paying attention to crime. The most recent poll that came out on Friday actually showed that we're starting to pull ahead of her. Now she's decided because she wants to save Kathy Hochul that she's going to start talking about crime. We've been talking about crime because we've been talking about wanting to, to save the state. Hochul's trying to become the first woman ever elected governor of New York. Zeldin hopes to be the first Republican governor in 20 years tonight. Tonight's debate starts at 8 at Pace University in New York City, and you can watch that on Spectrum News. There was a debate last night in Florida, the one and only, between Governor Ron DeSantis and former Governor Charlie Chris. The action got heated, too, and Chris accused DeSantis of not being in it for the long haul. Why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're reelected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor, yes or no? Well, listen, I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024, but I just want to make things very clear. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. Polls show DeSantis with about a 10-point lead in Florida. It's the changing of the guard in the U.K., 42-year-old Rishi Sunak, sworn in as prime minister today. Rishi is not an angel, not by any stretch of imagination, but he's the best of the lot. He is the youngest person to be elected prime minister and the first person of color to hold that office. The former finance minister has been tasked with rescuing Britain from the brink of economic collapse. Borrowing your way out of inflation isn't a plan, it's a fairy tale. Sunak met with the king today and spoke to the public from 10 Downing Street. Trust is earned and I will earn Yours. He is Britain's third prime minister in the past seven weeks. Back in this country, former Defense Secretary Ash Carter has died. He led the Pentagon during President Obama's second term. Carter suffered a heart attack last night. He was 68. A respiratory illness that's hospitalizing young children is spreading like wildfire across this country. It's called RSV, and it can be deadly in the under-two age group. Joan Merchant a nurse in Providence, Rhode Island. It's unprecedented, and because of that, we are sort of in a whole new world right now. 
We are trying to manage the sickest of the patients right now and let people know that if they're coming in with more minor complaints, that they might have to wait for a while. Rhode Island, Delaware, Maine, and Washington, D.C. reporting more than 90% of their pediatric hospital beds at full capacity. It's very worrisome because we're not even in winter. It's still only fall. So as the winter hits, as flu starts coming, where are we going to put these kids? Symptoms of RSV resemble the common cold but can cause wheezing in young children, many of whom are now in the hospital. Hundreds of students at a high school in Virginia are under the weather. Here's reporter Christopher Cruz. Monday, 670 students were out sick at Stafford High School in Fredericksburg, Virginia. The health department says some of the students have tested positive for the flu, but others have gastrointestinal symptoms which may be flu-related or a separate illness. The FBI has joined the investigation now into yesterday's deadly school shooting in St. Louis. Students jumped out of windows to escape the gunfire. A 16-year-old female and a 61-year-old gym teacher both killed, along with the 19-year-old gunman. Such a devastating and traumatic situation breaks my heart. Our children shouldn't have to experience this. Cops say it could have been worse. The individual had almost a dozen 30-round high-capacity magazines on him. The suspected shooter was a graduate of that school. Authorities still don't know how he got into the building. It had security guards, locked doors, and metal detectors. A Russian court today upheld the nine-year prison term of WNBA star Brittany Griner. The professional basketball player has been in a Russian jail since being arrested in February on drug possession charges. President Biden says he supports transgender operations for kids. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. The president, during an interview yesterday with a TikTok transgender activist, critics contend his position on this is dangerous. It's very important that we get this right. You don't jump straight from zero to 60 overnight. That's inappropriate, especially because there's a high risk of depression and suicide in these young children. Dr. Jeanette Nick was a Fox News medical correspondent. There are some potentially irreversible side effects, infertility and sexual dysfunction, and you shouldn't jump again straight from, oh, I think I want to be a male or a female, to let's have surgery. Neshua says states should have the right to ban medical procedures on children with gender dysphoria. New research today shows marijuana may not do much to alleviate pain after surgery. The American Society of Anesthesiologists says people People actually experience less pain when they don't use the drug. Researchers studied thousands of elective surgeries in coming to that conclusion. They found those who smoked pot within a month after an operation had 14% more pain than those who did not. And still to come on the Noon Report, Joyride ends in tragedy. Penn State cancels Proud Boy and sentencing day for a pedophile principal from Western New York. Oh, good afternoon to all. We stand the warm side today, but changes are on the way. I'll have forecast details coming up shortly. All right, Kevin Williams, looking forward to that. Let's check the headlines next from New York and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvanians who plan to vote by mail on November 8th are urged to drop their ballot off in the mailbox at least a week before the election. Secretary of State Lee Chapman is concerned about possible delays in the U.S. Postal Service. An apparent joyride in a stolen car ended in tragedy 
tragedy last night in Buffalo. Four teenagers, all between the ages of 14 and 17, died when the Kia they were in crashed at an on-ramp on a busy highway. Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Grimalia. This is a, a, a terrible, terrible outcome for you know such young uh, young kids that have their entire lives in front of them. The crash blamed on excessive speed. Five of the six occupants were ejected through the glass roof of the stolen Kia. The 16-year-old driver was treated and released from a local hospital. And charges are pending now against him, says Erie County DA John Flynn. Now we need to do a thorough investigation to find out what happened and what the appropriate charges are against the driver of this vehicle. Police believe this tragedy is linked to the popular TikTok trend known as the Kia Challenge. It shows thieves how to steal a Kia without a key. President Biden will pay a visit to upstate New York this week. He'll be in Syracuse on Thursday delivering remarks on Micron's plans to invest $100 billion into computer chip manufacturing in central New York. This project expected to result in nearly 50,000 high-paying jobs over the next 20 years. New York Attorney General Tish James wants to keep guns out of the hands of dangerous people. The state's red flag laws have come under fire following the May massacre at a grocery store in Buffalo. James says since then, the state has issued nearly 2,000 red flag alerts. And that means our common sense gun laws are working. And most importantly, that means a potential life is being saved every single day. Time. Critics say that is little consolation, though, to the families of the Buffalo Tops shooting massacre. Cops say the teenage gunman from the Binghamton area had a history of mental illness and disciplinary problems, but still was allowed to legally purchase a firearm used in the May 14th shooting. A Senate committee in Harrisburg has just approved a parent's bill of rights in Pennsylvania schools. It gives moms and dads more of a say on what's being taught in school. The state government committee voted 6-4 to four yesterday in favor of the bill, which is being sponsored by GOP gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano. Penn State has canceled a comedy show on campus that featured the founder of the Proud Boys, which is a far white or far right white nationalist group. Corin Maines is a Marine Corps vet and student at Penn State. He's unhappy with this decision to cancel the Proud Boy in Happy Valley. You can't prevent someone from exercising their free speech. You can't, like, have a sworn oath to the Constitution. But it doesn't make us as a university look good to use our free speech to infringe on somebody else's. This controversial event was sponsored by the not-for-profit student-led group Uncensored America. A former principal in Hilton, New York, convicted Monday of abusing 26 students. Kirk Ashton used to run the Northwood Elementary School in the Hilton District. Local prosecutor Sarah Van Strynock says this is a day that the victim's families have been longing for. I don't think there was any comfort when Kirk Ashton ruled that school. None. None in 17 years. And I think the comfort they can take is that it finally, 
finally has come to a conclusion and they can finally start to move forward. The 52-year-old Ashton will be sentenced November 23rd following his three-week jury trial. He could face the rest of his life behind bars. Elmira, New York, has voted to change the residency requirements for police officers. Chief Anthony Alvernas says this will help fill a cop shortage problem. So by extending those boundaries where people aren't forced to sell their house and move to Shimon County, we're hoping that it will provide a better opportunity to get uh, candidates from outside the area. Instead of having to live within Shimon County, police officers will now be able to reside within 60 miles of City Hall. The city's also offering $20,000 signing bonuses to attract more police officers to Elmira, New York. Southern Tier Congressman Joe Sampolinski is holding town hall meetings across his 11-county district over the next two weeks. He'll be in Watkins Glen tonight. That 23rd district will be no more following the November 8th midterms. The newly aligned 23rd covers more of the Buffalo suburbs and will be represented by one of two men after November 6th, either or November 8th, I should say, either Republican Nick Langworthy or Democrat Max Delapia. One of those two will be sworn in in early January. It's debate night in New York and Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, U.S. Senate candidates John Fetterman and Dr. Mehmet Oz will duke it out starting at 8. PA voters say economic issues are what they care about the most. Who wants to pay $4 for gas? That really has to be the number one issue. Former White House Chief of Staff Carl Rove says candidates who don't hone in on the economy do so at their own peril. The issue of inflation is hitting the American people every single day when they go to the grocery, when they get their bills in the mail, when they go fill up the car. Also tonight in prime time at Pace University in New York City, Governor Hochul and GOP challenger Lee Zeldin will face off in their one and only debate. You can watch it live on Spectrum News. The Pennsylvania debate is broadcast on ABC 27 in Harrisburg. And Frontier Field has been home to the AAA Rochester Red Wings since 1997, but that may soon be changing. The Monroe County Executive has recommended a name change for that 26-year-old stadium. He wants the naming rights taken over by a data processing company in Henrietta. If approved, Frontier Field would become Innovative Field in the year 2025. It's 14 past the hour. Let's check sports on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the Monday Night Football matchup between the Chicago Bears and the New England Patriots in Foxborough was a no contest. The Bears came into town and completely dismantled New England 33-14. Both teams now 3-4 and four on the season. To basketball, at Madison Square Garden, Julius Randle led the way for New York with 25 points. And the Knicks kept the Orlando Magic winless with a 115-102 victory. 76ers picked up their first win of the season, 120-106 over Indiana. James Harden just missing out on a triple-double, 29 points, 11 assists, and 9 rebounds. Joel Embiid had 26 as Philly moved to 1-3 on the season. It was a shootout in Memphis with the Grizzlies coming out on top of Brooklyn, 134-124. Ya Morant and Desmond Bain both had 38 points for Memphis, while Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both had 37 for the Nets. 
Elsewhere on the hardwood, Toronto, Chicago, Houston, San Antonio, and Portland picked up wins. On the ice, the Penguins were up 3-1 in the second period before the Oilers came alive and scored the next four goals in the period, then added another in the third to win it 6-3. It's Pittsburgh's first loss on the season. The Capitals, Senators, Jets, Hurricanes, and Golden Knights, your other winners. And speaking of the Golden Knights, Las Vegas's Phil Kessel tied the record for the most consecutive games played, marking his 989th straight appearance. He's expected to break the record tonight in San Antonio. For all the banging they do in hockey, that's quite impressive. (laughs) That is a look at sports. Impressive indeed. Thank you, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, surgery for transgender kids. The president says he's on board. Bats get a bad rap. And fighting cancer on a bike. It's today's hometown hero. And it's coming up next. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Christian sociologist Mark Regneris wrote that the institution of marriage is under severe strain. Huh, no kidding. A significant reason, according to his research, is that young adults have simply misunderstood what marriage is, seeing it more as a capstone to success rather than what it really is, a foundation of a good life and a flourishing society. Well, the implication for young adults is an idea that for one to be marriageable, he or she must have it all together. Well, that change in understanding is significant, Regnerus noted. There's a world of difference if marriage is about sacrificing together in order to build something or if it is another means of achieving individual fulfillment. Biblically speaking, marriage has a design. Man and woman sacrifice together in order to achieve a larger purpose. In this sense, marriage is a calling, not a right as it has been misconstrued to be, both in the law and in the cultural imagination. This is clearly the vision of marriage that Jesus gives in Matthew 19, when the Pharisees tested Jesus by asking him whether or not divorce should ever be lawful. Theirs is a legal question from the Jewish law, but Jesus doesn't answer it from the Mosaic law. Instead, he begins with this. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning? In other words, Jesus points back to what God intended marriage to be in creation. Specifically, he pointed to two aspects of how God created humans and marriage. First, that humans were created male and female. Second, that marriage is about a man and a woman becoming one flesh. Genesis 1, 26 to 28, God says this, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That was the purpose for which God created his image bearers. He then continues with what's often called the creation mandate, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. In other words, this is what humans were created for. Genesis 2 clearly articulates that God created humans as male and female because he was giving Adam the helper he needed to fulfill the purpose for which God had created humans in the first place. In other words, marriage wasn't about self-fulfillment or even about companionship, as important as that can be. It was about fruitfulness taking care of the creation, something that required additional image bearers. And in view of that creation, Jesus answered the question about divorce, that it was only permissible, not required, in cases of sexual immorality. Jesus continued that some are called to be single and celibate, that marital integrity would be hard, but it had a design. Thus, for a human's marriage is a calling, not a right. 
There's a new compilation of essays by the early 20th century apologist G.K. Chesterton that describes in wonderful ways the God-given purpose of marriage and family. It's called The Story of the Family, and it's Chesterton at his best. For example, he wrote this, marriage is an institution like any other, set up deliberately to have certain functions and limitations. To talk as if it were made or melted with certain changing moods is a waste of words. And then there's this funny observation. I've known many happy marriages, never a compatible one. The whole aim of marriage is to fight through and survive the instant when incompatibility becomes unquestionable. For a man and a woman, as such, are incompatible. To receive a copy of the story of the family, which was compiled by Dale Alquist, along with access to an exclusive set of teaching videos by Alquist about this book, please go to colsoncenter.org slash October. That's colsoncenter.org slash October. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, please visit colsoncenter.org. We got another warm one out there. Kevin Williams next. Good afternoon. Here is your family life weather forecast. Our call for today, a fair amount of sunshine in western New York and northwest Pennsylvania. Eh, Some high clouds increasing there. Elsewhere, mostly cloudy, a little hazy and warm. High temperatures, 60s and low 70s. Some clouds tonight, maybe a shower. Low temps, 50s and low 60s for tomorrow. Becoming mostly cloudy with showers arriving from the west. High temps near 70. Brisk winds, cooler Thursday clouds, then sunshine. And a high then in the 50s. All right, Kevin, thank you. This is the Noon Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Lots on our plate this Tuesday, the 25th of October. Election Day is officially just two weeks away now. Voters will decide which party controls Congress, as well as 36 governor's races across the country. One of those races is in Florida, where Democrat Charlie Chris hopes to pull off the upset over Republican Ron DeSantis. Chris was asked by Fox News today whether he'll serve a full term if elected. Of course I'll serve a four-year term. I mean, that's why I'm running for governor. He's running for governor as a stepping stone to run for president. Polls have DeSantis leading by double digits in the Sunshine State. GOP strategist Kellyanne Conway says one of the issues at play in this election is the border, a place she says President Biden has not been yet since taking office. If you want people to have confidence in your competence, the first thing you do is go to the scene of the issue. And Joe Biden literally can't speak up and put up because he hasn't showed up and it's costing his party. The president at DNC headquarters in D.C. yesterday downplayed reports that this year's midterms are a referendum on his policies. He added the stakes could not be higher. I can't think of a more consequential election that uh, I've been involved in. One of the most consequential races in this election is playing out in Pennsylvania, a U.S. Senate race between the state's lieutenant governor and a celebrity heart surgeon. Those two debate the issues in prime time tonight. Reporter Haley Jackson. Call it a keystone clash today in Pennsylvania in a race that could tip the balance of power in the Senate. Republican candidate Dr. Mehmet Oz face-to-face in the first and only debate against Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, who's downplaying expectations after a stroke five months ago that affected his speech. Also tonight in primetime, New York Governor Kathy Hochul and Republican challenger Lee Zeldin debate in New York City. It is their one and only debate before the election. Big tech censorship. Google is accused of manipulating its search engine to work against Republicans in key Senate contests. Kentucky Congressman James Comer says big tech is controlled by the left. This is a problem that we've had with big tech uh, for the past two years. 
Uh, I don't like getting involved in overregulating any industry, but this is an industry that clearly has shown its bias. They're doing everything in their ability to censor conservatives. The Media Research Center finds 10 of 12 campaign websites in key Senate contests got significantly lower search results compared to their Democratic opponents. Russia today rejecting an appeal of an American basketball player, Brittany Griner, and her nine-year prison sentence. Liz Rude works for the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. Today was another sad day for the rule of law in the Russian Federation. The WNBA stars being held at a penal colony near the Russian capital. Griner has been held against her will since February on drug possession charges. 42-year-old Rishi Sunak made history today when he was officially declared the United Kingdom's new prime minister. He is the youngest person to hold that office. He's also the first person of color to hold that office. The PM met with the king today and then spoke to the public from 10 Downing Street. There is no doubt we face a profound economic challenge. We now need stability and unity. Sunak is Britain's third prime minister in the past seven weeks. The investigation continues into yesterday's deadly school shooting. It happened near St. Louis. Correspondent Astrid Martinez. Community members and students in St. Louis gathered for a vigil hours after a tragic high school shooting killed a 16-year-old student and a teacher. Why us? Why would somebody do this? Police say they are still trying to determine a motive for why the gunman, who they identified as 19-year-old recent graduate Orlando Harris went to Central Visual and Performing Arts High School and opened fire. The gunman was a former student at that school. He was killed in a shootout with police. President Biden says states should not be allowed to ban surgeries and hormone blocking drugs for children who struggle with their gender. Conservative commentator Clay Travis says this is not a left or right issue. This is a right or wrong issue. And the president's on the wrong side of this issue. You can't get a tattoo unless you are 18 or over in this country. Yet we are going to allow children who are 14 years old to decide to remove their genitals. That's child abuse. The president affirming transgender operations during an interview yesterday with a TikTok activist. Legal victory for Christian Cake Baker in California. A judge has ruled in favor of Kathy Miller of Tastry's Bakery in Bakersfield. Miller refused to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding, citing her deeply held religious convictions. It's 26 past the hour, and this is the new report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm your host, Mark Webster, and this week's guests are Carissa Penman-Moyer of Corning and her daughter, Isabel, who have cycled hundreds of miles in the nationwide Great Cycle Challenge to raise money for research aimed at ending childhood cancer. Carissa and Isabel tell us more about it. I saw the challenge on Facebook or Instagram, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So many people are affected by cancer, so I needed to uh, help somebody else. So you wound up up with the Great Cycle Challenge as a way to do that. Yeah, because uh, we love to ride our bikes, and so it worked perfect. With all the different people that we know that have had cancer, I ride for my cousin. She died when she was 26 of estrogen-induced cancer. 
And then, Isabel, who do you ride for? My cousin, Abby. Abby had kidney cancer when she was 20 months old. So when you certainly think about all of the different people that you know that have had cancer, like if there's so many people. We decided we like to ride bikes and we wanted to help people, so that's what we were going to do. What you do is you set a mileage goal, and then you set a fundraising goal. And so you ask people to fundraise you. My ride goal was 100 miles. Isabel's was 80. And so we set out with that goal in mind, and we asked people if they would be willing to donate money and help us fundraise. And all of that money goes through the Childhood Cancer Research Fund through the Great Cycle Challenge. But we love it. And it takes us different places. We've ridden the Catherine Valley Trail, the Lackawanna Trail. We've ridden around Big Flats and Corning and Elmira, Elmira Heights. So, you know, we, we get around with the bikes, which is cool. You get to see new places, too. We're planning out rides for next September already. But uh, also taught your kids a great life lesson in the process. Yeah, there's this great phrase in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility, which basically reiterates what the Bible says, when much is given, much is expected. They're learning how to selflessly love and passionately love on people and put others first. You know, it doesn't matter if you're tired at night after being at school all day or being at work. You know, you you made a goal and you made a commitment and you got to go out and you got to fight for it. No kid wanted to fight cancer. So even if you're tired, you still got to get out and do it. So there's amazing life lessons here. There's so many of them. Isabel, what did you think of this whole experience so far? Great. Do you like the challenge? I enjoyed it a lot because I like riding my bike, getting exercise in, and you're doing what's best for you helping other kids. And what is your goal? You want to be a what? Superhero. For the kids fighting cancer? Yeah. Isabel's raised almost $2,000 by herself. So I guess we're right up around $4,000. We plan to do year three next year and we'll keep going because this is a great cause. It's a great opportunity to help others and show God's love. Thank you. That's Carissa Penman Moyer and her daughter Isabel of Corning talking about their participation in the nationwide Great Cycle Challenge, raising funds to battle childhood cancer. Please join us again next week as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. All right, Mark, love that feature. Hometown Heroes comes your way every Tuesday, by the way, during the Noon Report or online anytime at familylife.org. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Like yesterday, the brightest, warmest weather in our region today will be in parts of western New York and northwest Pennsylvania. we got the squeeze on. Moisture from the east and a cold front from the west will bring showers tomorrow, tomorrow night, but cooler air later this week. Our call for today, a fair amount of sunshine in western New York and northwest Pennsylvania. Eh, some high clouds increasing there. Elsewhere, mostly cloudy, a little hazy and warm. High temperatures, 60s and low 70s. Some clouds tonight, maybe a shower. Low temps, 50s and low 60s for tomorrow. Becoming mostly cloudy with showers arriving from the west. High temps near 70. Brisk winds, cooler Thursday clouds, then sunshine, and a high then in the 50s. All right, Kevin, thank you. And finally at noon, autumn means falling leaves, cooler nights, and a lot of bats. And we're not talking the ones you hit a ball with. These ones have wings. This is the time of year where bats like to wiggle their way indoors to ride out the winter. They really want to be around um, a little below and above like 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Wildlife biologist Stephanie Shepard says bats tend to get a bad rap because they do so much good at control the insect 
population. They provide a lot of services for humans, and they're really pretty harmless, and uh, I think they're kind of adorable. Well, that makes one of us. Shepard says if a bat gets in your house, it happens a lot this time of year, close off the internal doors, open up the windows, turn off the lights, and leave it alone. Should leave within minutes hopefully. And that's the world we live in Tuesday, the 25th of October. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.